Hi, and welcome back to Cheeky Crypto. My name's Chris, and it's fantastic to have you back with us for another video. And I'm excited to let you know that we are joined by the team from Findora, and we're going to get straight into the interview. If you enjoy this sort of content, mash up the like button, subscribe if you haven't subscribed already, tap in that bell, selecting all the notifications so you never miss a video. And don't forget to give this video a share, supports out the project as well as Cheeky Crypto. Right, let's get down to the interview. Hi and welcome back to Cheeky Crypto. We are joined by two fantastic people today. So we're going to kind of let them introduce themselves and talk about it through kind of what it is uh, that they're building in the kind of crypto space, the blockchain world. Um, so we'd like to give a kind of a warm Cheeky Crypto welcome to Mike and Give. Um, so yeah, can you want to give you guys a, a brief kind of introduction? Uh, maybe we'll start with you, Mike, um, going to who you are, kind of your history and uh, what you do at Findora. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me on on your show. Really appreciate Nick, Nicholas and Chris. Uh, basically, I'm the uh, director of product management here at Pandora. And uh, regarding my background, you know, I've got a computer science degree. Kind of start off my career in front end web development in the telecommunications space. Uh, also did some technical writing, technical instruction early on in my career. So really focused heavily on uh, technical work. Uh, the first few years after I got out from undergrad, then I went back to school got my MBA from MIT, and I really worked in the financial services space for about eight years after that, all doing equity research, you know, sort of the same thing that Warren Buffett does, covering technology stocks, technology sectors, and as well as, uh, I guess, Chinese equities as well. So uh, it was a great experience learning a lot about business, financial analysis, learning how to analyze industries, companies, et cetera. Uh, but really about five years ago, I decided to jump back into the technology industry. You know, I've been living in San Francisco for 10 plus years. San Francisco is kind of like tech capital of the world. So I was thinking, what am I doing? You know, waking up at 5.30 a.m. in the morning to keep East Coast hours in California. Let me jump back into it. So kind of spent six months uh, after uh, my my career in finance, kind of relearning modern day programming frameworks. I uh, learned some Ruby on Rails, learned some Node.js, and, you know, eventually uh, launched a couple of startup projects of my own on the blockchain space, launched the Bitcoin wallet idea uh, tied to a Bitcoin gift card. The idea was to help sell people their first $20 worth of Bitcoin. And that was really my my kind of entry into the, the the blockchain world, participated in a couple of hackathons, won the $100,000 first place prize at the EOS IO hackathon in 2018. And then, uh, you know, helped co-founded a data management platform on the blockchain after that. Uh, and then uh, for the past two years, I've been working at Findora, which is a very innovative layer one, uh, you know, blockchain focused on data privacy. And with that, I'll stop here and let my my talented colleague give also give his introduction. Thanks, Mike. Uh, yeah. Hey, guys. Good to be here. Uh, I'm a big fan of GE Crypto. Obviously, been following you guys for a while. Um, so, uh, my name is Give. I'm VP of Developer Relations at Findora. Um, I'm, I'm uh, very new. I joined about a month ago. Uh, prior to joining Findora, I was part of the engineering and product team at, at Harmony, as you know. Um, that's really where I um, started my Web3 journey. Uh, but prior to that, I was at Amazon Web Services. And before that, various startups, uh, including large tech companies um, at Amazon. Um, and uh, I was in the UK for a while. We worked at the BBC before that. Uh, I grew up in Australia, so going all the way back to AOL. So I'm showing my age a little bit here. Uh, but I've always been in kind of engineering, 
leadership roles. And um, uh, right now is, is kind of really the most exciting part of my career, I feel. Web3 just uh, is, is, is so incredibly exciting and untapped, it feels. And, um, and I'm seeing a lot of potential with what we're working on, what we're planning to, to build at Fendora. So I'm excited to work with folks like Mike and, and really a huge talented team at Fendora to kind of build the future of Web3 applications. Sounds fantastic. And uh, I guess the, the first sort of real question that our audience are probably going to be most interested in is, you know, what is Fendora? What is it that, you know, uh, sets it apart from, from other projects as well? Uh, sure, I'll take a first crack at this. So, you know, Fendora is a layer one blockchain with a focus on programmable privacy. Um, so just some quick stats, you know, we have we actually launched last year, last March, uh, our mainnet layer one blockchain. We've processed over 600,000 transactions across 140,000 wallets since then. Uh, you know, and at a high level, what Fendora is, it's a uh, it's a blockchain that's composed of a, a UTXO blockchain layer where all of our data privacy features are located along with the cryptography library that we call Zay, which is what uh, adds the cryptography uh, privacy features to the blockchain. And then the second part is we have uh, a, a, uh, a EVM-based blockchain uh, where you can process basically any EVM-compatible code, any Solidity code that you uh, get off of Ethereum and you can run that on Fedora as well. And it's all linked together by the Tendermint consensus protocol. Uh, and we also have another feature that we call Prism Transfer, which allows you to move between the Fedora UTXO blockchain and also the Fedora uh, EVM blockchain. And what these two dual blockchain structure allows is uh, you're able to run basically Solidity code uh, but take advantage of these confidential transfer features on the UTXO side and basically for route these transactions back from the Fendora EVM through Fendora UTXO, then back to Fendora EVM again to basically uh, anonymize your transactions. So that, that's the gist of it at, at a high level. Awesome. Um, so what kind of sets Fendora apart from other layer ones, would you say, in this space? What's kind of like your, your kind of main uh, unique selling point? So, like Mike said, we're a multi-chain um, uh, project. Our EVM blockchain is obviously 100% compatible. So, existing uh, decentralized app developers, Web3 developers can come and um, deploy their applications on our EVM chain. We have we support all the same toolings that um, Ethereum supports. So, on that level, we're on par with with other EVM layer one chains. Um, what sets us apart is our uh, ability to provide developers with a whole suite of privacy tools um, that's not available on EVM. Um, so using our UTXO chain, like Mike mentioned, developers can really tap into an array of, of tools um, that take advantage of the latest uh, zero knowledge proof, um, research to be able to, you know, create the future of private applications. Um, the, you know, the thing to kind of highlight here is that when we talk about privacy, uh, we're not talking about secrecy here. And when we're talking about anonymity, again, we're not talking about secrecy here. And as you know, in the, in the past few months, this has been a pretty hot topic. 
Um, that's why we, we tend to use the term pseudo-anonymity or, or pseudonymity, where we're actually giving users and developers um, toggles and levers to control what aspect of their activity they want to expose while still maintaining compliant and auditable, right? So the example there is I want to build an application um, that, say, handles payroll uh, for a company or as an employee. Um, I want to be paid in stable coins, for example, but I don't want my colleagues to know how much I get paid. Um, in a public blockchain, this is all available. This is all visible. Uh, but what we do is using our tools, you can now create this payroll system um, that allows everyone to see, okay, transactions are going in and out using, for example, say USDC from one wallet to another wallet, but the amount itself could be masked. It could be hidden, right? So, so this really opens up um, a, a lot of possibilities here to give privacy control to users and developers. And yeah, just to follow up on that, you know, more specifically, those, you know, confidential features I was mentioning further, uh, right now, they're really composed of three parts. One is the ability to hide the amount. So on the public ledger, unlike Ethereum, you can hide the amount that you transfer to someone. You can also hide the asset type. So obviously, you can create your own custom tokens, you, know, you can create the Chris token, and you can hide that what was sent was the Chris token, it would just show up as you know, a transfer, but you don't know what the token type is. And then the final piece is hiding the uh, sender's address and also the receiver's address from the public blockchain. So when, when we talk about sort of privacy, private transfers, that, that's really what we're referring to. Uh, and then just additional points that might be interesting for your audience is, you know, unlike some of the other layer one privacy projects, uh, you know, we're not, uh, you know, based on TE, trusted execution environments, which are kind of like hardware based uh, you know, privacy blockchains that kind of require sometimes like specific chipsets from Intel to process these privacy transactions. So in that sense, we're a little bit more versatile, more robust. We also use uh, cryptography that's called ZK Snarks. Uh, that's in contrast to maybe some of our, uh, you know, other vendors in the space that use ZK Snarks. So the benefit of ZK Snarks, and there's pros and cons to whatever you choose, right? But the benefit to ZK Snarks is, you know, the, the proof sizes are uh, smaller. Uh, therefore, it's quicker to verify. So we kind of have that advantage over those that use ZK Starks. Uh, and then, uh, you know, lastly, you know, yeah, we're, we're layer one. So I think uh, some of the other privacy competitors are more layer twos. But as a layer one, we are kind of arguably a bit more in control of our destiny. That is to say, we control the architecture fully. Uh, we can have a lot of levers to pull. There's a lot of customization that we can do that. You know, those options may or may not be there for these layer twos that are kind of, you know, uh, built off of a layer one, right? So with that, yeah, that, that's my main comments. That makes sense. And uh, yeah, it sounds really good. Um, what's the biggest threat to Findora? Um, I'm considering like regulations as an example. Obviously, you mentioned about privacy. And uh, what have you done to, to mitigate any risk? Again, you know, it, it kind of goes back to um, educating um, users, uh, the differences and the different kind of aspects of privacy, what, what privacy really means, um, and, and the variations of it. Right. So, so what we, um, I guess, you know, to answer your question, the biggest threat is that it's kind of this misunderstanding, um, of conflating secrecy with privacy. Um, but, but really that's kind of a, a challenge that, 
that we've taken on and, and we are trying to um, really change the game and, and change shift uh, the understanding of what what privacy means in in kind of Web3, that it doesn't need to be all about, uh, you know, laundering and, and kind of tornado cash uh, mixers, uh, that it can really be something very sophisticated that brings confidence to mass consumers because you know, when you're making a bank transfer, you don't have the whole world watching uh, how much you're getting paid or how much you're paying. And we want to kind of balance that by still honoring the openness of the blockchain space where things are completely auditable for regulation purposes, uh, for compliance purposes, you can still audit and see um, monitor activities. But how much I get paid uh, or how much I charge a client as a as a freelancer is really should be my business, right? So, so this is kind of where um, we we want to focus and we want to be able to provide these kind of tools um, and the material for um, users to to adopt um, and and be comfortable with. Um, adopting more of kind of web three technologies. Yeah. And just, just to give you a little more color as well on, on what Giv said, uh, you know, Fendora was really designed and architected from day one to kind of service centralized financial players. Obviously it's much more robust than that. We can also uh, service, you know, you know, native web three players as well, but because of that original mindset, because one of the original co-founders of the company, uh, he was the uh, ex-head of the, the the Stanford Endowment, and you know, you know, was one of the heads of equity research for a major tier one investment bank. Uh, he had definitely a focus when launching, helping to launch this project to to service financial institutions. And what does that really mean? And that goes back to what Give said, you know, earlier in our conversation about you know helping to trace assets, basically asset tracing, right? So what I'm trying to say is, you know, from day one, the architecture was kind of built and designed to support asset tracing, which is a feature that we plan to release in 2023. And asset tracing is basically a way for uh, these private transactions that I talked about earlier to be sort of uh, decrypted and, and, and viewed by those with these asset tracing keys. And typically speaking, obviously, you know, if you're a creator of a project, you can opt in to asset tracing, create your token, such as there's a view key that you can give out to third parties that can basically decrypt these uh, private transactions. And, and naturally these, these keys you would give to regulators, right? You know, if you're if you're a financial banking institution, you definitely have a lot of rules to follow, a lot of AML KYC compliance uh, to adhere to. So giving, uh, giving these banks that wanna create assets and then giving these viewing keys to the regulators is kind of just goes hand in hand to ensuring that, you know, we, we mitigate a lot of this risk that you were mentioning earlier with you know, I think you were referring to companies like Tornado Cash, right? Which, you know, makes it very easy to to do illegal activities without any sort of ability to trace what's going on. But, you know, from the ground up, I, I would say, you know, Fendora has kind of thought about this issue proactively and has a solution to it with essentially asset tracing features. Awesome. So you, hopefully that gives the audience a bit of an overview, right? Quite a detailed overview of kind of what Findora is, right? And what kind of things you're working on. And you actually mentioned something that you're um, looking to release in 2023 um, and so some of those features, but what else is on the roadmap? Do you want to kind of give the audience a bit of a, an overview of kind of what things you're working on, kind of release dates and things like that? Right. I think as far as the the, the bigger pieces, and I'll, I'll list through a lot of different things, but as far as the bigger pieces, 
uh, first and foremost, we're working on, you know, I, I told you earlier about routing transactions through our UTXO layer uh, from the Fendora EVM so that we can have programmable support as a Solidity developer to use these privacy features. So first and foremost, I think in 2023, uh, we should be able to launch, you know, more native level uh, EVM confidential features. That way, you know, at some point you won't have to route through our UTXO layer. You know, we're going to get the cryptographies libraries to work natively with our Fendora EVM. So that will save some gas costs. That will make things more efficient. I mean, that would be a huge highlight for us. So we're doing some great uh, work in progressing on that front. But, you know, as you probably may or may not know, you know, cryptography is not easy. Uh, it's why we, uh, you know, raised a bit of capital. We got a sizable cryptography team because these are uh, technical challenges, but very doable in terms of overcoming. Uh, and then, you know, we've also thought about uh, uh, how do we handle uh, the ability to unlock extra use cases, so to speak, for a lot of the uh, dApps that would run on the Fendora network. Specifically, I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, it would be great if credit scores your real life credit score could be shared online on the blockchain. Because if you've ever used a DeFi lending app and they, you know, they charge interest rates, you know, the interest rate is set the same for every single person, which really doesn't make a lot of sense. If you're, if you got a great credit score, you know, you got a steady paycheck, et cetera, you probably should be eligible for a lower interest rate on anything you borrow, even on the blockchain. So uh, what I'm specifically referring to is we're going to launch an identity management and credential system, uh, likely in the fourth quarter of this year, uh, which will basically allow you to have a decentralized ID. It'll be tied to a credential that uh, will uh, be able to uh, generate zero knowledge proofs associated to it so that you can basically take your proof that proves your credit score is, let's say, above 600 without revealing the actual score, i.e. a zero knowledge proof. And you can hand that to Aave, the DeFi app, and you know, hopefully if they see your credit score is above 600, they'll, they'll give you a lower, lower interest rate. So those are the types of sort of additional use cases that could really you know, enhance you know, not only DeFi, but almost sort of any other DApp that, that are out there. Once we, there is sort of a reliable uh, decentralized ID and credential system available. So, you know, leveraging the, addition, the, the, the existing cryptography we've already developed at Fendora with zero knowledge proofs, uh, you know, allows us to, I think, have an advantage in building a decentralized ID system with these zero knowledge credentials and proofs versus, say, other, other, other companies out there. But uh, in addition to that, there's actually a very wide variety of uh, uh, ecosystem and, and, and uh, infrastructure related uh, tooling that we're building. And I know Gives, you know, spending a lot of time and effort on that. I mean, if, I, maybe you want to jump in here and talk about those, you know, those, those items, Give. So, so as, as well as working, building products um, like the ones Mike mentioned, and by the way, the, the DID is going to be a game changer, it's a decentralized ID. I know a lot of projects are talking about it. Um, but we have the infrastructure in place to actually build something very, very soon. Um, like Mike said, first version should be released this quarter, um, which is really exciting. Um, um, and it, you know, if you think more about how else that can be used, uh, really there's, there, there's no limit. It could be your, um, university scores. It could be your, uh, date of birth. You know, for example, you want to, use an application that requires you to be over a certain age 
without needing to actually expose your date of birth. Um, these are all really, uh, they sound simple, but they're actually extremely difficult to do with zero knowledge proofs. Um, and, and when you think about an average EVM kind of Ethereum developer, um, they're not going to want to deal with the complexities of cryptography um, and ZK proofs. So, so these tools that we provide to them, almost like a plug and play uh, kind of setup. Um, so so, so that, that's super exciting. Uh, but yeah, as Mike said, in parallel, we are improving our ecosystem to make it more developer friendly. Um, uh, we're, we're still very early. Um, so we uh, see a lot of exciting opportunities, a lot of room for growth. So we're working with a lot of partners, Chainlink, the Graph, um, all, all the kind of the tooling that developers need to, to scale and, and build sophisticated applications. So um, we're building products and we're onboarding more and more uh, partners um, to, to really make make Findora a robust developer-friendly uh, ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, just to follow up a little more, I think we're pretty confident that we're going to be able to launch, uh, you know, dApps on 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 the Findora uh, blockchain related to, you know, as kind of give alluded to earlier, something related to private payroll. So, for example, a DAO can pay uh, their 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 vendors or their contractors privately. Uh, you know, without revealing the amounts, which I think is pretty powerful because no one really wants everyone to know how much they get paid, right? Yeah. Uh, I think private swaps for DEXs is very possible. Uh, so I, I think that's something we're looking forward to to, to rolling out the door in 2023. Um, and then I think private NFT marketplaces is another project that that we've, uh, you know, been been collaborating with basically some of our, our uh, you know, DApp partners to work on. So I think there's been pretty good progress on that as well. So we'll, we'll see uh, how that goes. I think perhaps that could be launched in 4Q, if not, I think 2023. So, so I think there's a lot of uh, very interesting, uh, exciting dApps related to privacy that are going to launch on Fendora in the upcoming quarter or two. So uh, definitely something uh, to, to look look for. Yeah. I'll... Uh... I'll just add one more thing. I know we keep talking about, um, you know, financial transfers and it, it might seem a little dry, uh, but there's actually a lot more you can do with with uh, these kind of privacy hooks and tools. Um, so one of the things we're discussing with, with, with a partner is um, as a blockchain game, you know, maybe uh, the weapons that I've collected in my game, um, uh, I don't want my, you know, other players to see what goods I I have in my bag, right? Um, because that might affect gameplay. Uh, so what if I could kind of stash my weapons, who you know, they may be in the form of an NFT, uh, I could uh, kind of mask those um, and um, to stop my, you know, uh, other game players snooping around and seeing kind of what, what I have to maybe game the game. Uh, so there's just a lot of exciting opportunities here. Um, we're brainstorming with a lot of game developers and, and, and kind of our partners to see how else we can um, utilize these privacy tools. I, I wouldn't say like, that sounds dry at all. There's some amazing <laughs> things that you just described there that I think are really important to, to blockchain technology for sure. Mike, was there something else you wanted to cover off? Sorry. 
Yeah, I was just gonna follow up on the on the theme that that give us talking about. Yeah, in the gaming space, uh, yeah, other innovative things that we've kind of brainstormed with some partners is uh, even on our, you know, I, you know, uh, DID and credential side, uh, there there could be ability to sort of instead of, you know, storing your game profile publicly or like a lot of these, um, you know, massively online multiplayer games, you know, you have sort of like a like a profile out there, right? Like you know, you're how high your you know uh you know strength score is your magic score is right so that you know if someone were so inclined they could sort of like analyze all the characters and have a pretty good idea who's going to win each fight but if you were to actually store your character profiles in a zero knowledge you know credential then what could be done is all this information can be masked on chain so you really don't know you know the strengths of the people that you might potentially battle until the actual battle engine starts you know the proofs are submitted and then then you know your your strengths are revealed right and or when you're when you're about to, to battle someone else so that's another example of what we're building can really be tied into really specific innovative new features that don't actually exist currently in the blockchain gaming world so there's there's a lot out there we're, we're constantly brainstorming but uh, i think it could be very interesting yeah once all these features are released definitely and uh you covered a number of really exciting items there but what what are you most excited about? Um, you know, I might have uh, I might have talked about most of it already because <laughs> you asked me earlier about a roadmap. We actually have quite a bit, but some a lot of them are smaller stuff. But yeah, I would say in general, just the uh, uh, just the ability to uh, to do online uh, IDs and credentials, I think mm -hmm. will unlock a lot of features. So I think that's actually extremely powerful. Um, for me, that's probably one of the biggest things. And then I think the other part is, you know, I, I would say we're kind of on the cusp of having that full solution to enable uh you know programmatic uh privacy starting from evm based solidity smart contracts so we've always had the ability to sort of uh have developers create applications based off of our fendora utxo blockchain right but now uh, as of, I think, uh, you know, maybe two quarters ago, we launched the Fendora EVM and layered it on top of this UTXO blockchain. But we didn't quite have the full solution to let you programmatically do the confidential transfers on the EVM, but we're pretty much on the cusp of doing that. There's one more sort of, uh, you know, related feature that we need to build in order to make that fully uh, sort of programmatic. And so I think, I think it'll be a pretty good catalyst in the upcoming two months or so, once one to two months or so when that's released. So I think to me, that's that's also very exciting as well, because I think that will really jumpstart, uh, you know, Fendora developer EVM adoption once we roll that feature out. Uh, yeah, I mean, from from, from my side, <laughs> it, it, I'm just excited to see what developers come up with. I mean, we, we listed a few of these use cases here, but there's going to be hundreds of others that we haven't even thought of. Um, so actually next month we're sponsoring uh, ETH San Francisco um, and we have a hackathon where we're going to uh, allow developers to use a beta version of some of these tools that we mentioned here to build with and see what they come up with. So I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, where that goes and work work more closely with the, the, uh, with the developers. Well, yeah. Sounds absolutely epic, uh, everything that you're kind of creating. It seems like this is something that's very much needed in this space, right? You need to have that kind of ability to have certain parts 
masked, right? But also have the regulations or the regulators in the background have access if you know if they need to to be able to audit and things. So I think you're definitely moving in the right direction. It's um sounds like something to be keeping a you know close eye on because um the space moves rapidly and I think you're maybe a slightly ahead of the curve, right? With uh, with what's coming, right? So it's so looking pretty good for you guys, in my opinion. Um, but the next kind of question is that you kind of covered a lot off, right? We've spoken about, you know, what Findora is and, you know, all the things you're really excited about the roadmap. Um, and, you know, there's, a, there's several things that, you know, I want to talk about, but I won't in this particular video. Maybe we'll have you back on uh, down, down the line, you know, when things are across the line, we'll talk to, talk to you guys maybe about a bit bit more detail on some of the other uh, kind of things that you've rolled out right in the next kind of you know few months um but is there anything else that you kind of want to leave the audience with is there anything you want them to know about findor is there anything kind of a call to action that you want them them to go ahead and do like research wise or get involved in some way yeah i, I think first and foremost it, you know for any of the developers out there they're looking for kind of a you know an innovative blockchain that's focused on privacy which i think is really the next Kind of iteration of blockchain, right? Uh, having black blockchain privacy features, definitely visit Fendora.foundation, Fendora.foundation. On that website, you can basically apply for a grant. Uh, it can range anywhere from, I think, 25,000 to 150,000 plus to be one of the pioneers to build privacy related dApps or just privacy applications in general on Fendora. So definitely check that out, Fendora.foundation. Number two, I think, you know, we've actually got a pretty robust community. Uh, I think we got over I don't know the exact numbers, 10,000 plus, uh, you know, Telegram and Discord users combined, maybe 20,000 plus. I don't, I probably should know this number off the top of my head, <laughs> but definitely join the uh, Telegram or Discord group if you help to want to shape sort of the direction of sort of privacy on the blockchain, you know, help us shape our product, help us, you know, figure out what is a good, uh, you know, next feature to build, et cetera, et cetera. So we would love to have you join our community. Uh, yeah, the thing I, I would add is that I've had a few questions from people when they found out I joined uh, Pindora. They uh, they were surprised to find out that Pindora has been operating for a while. Uh, I think like 2017, is that right, Mike? Um, the um, and and you know Pindora is still fairly unknown. Um, and what I tell them is that, and this is something I learned after joining, is that the team's been building right the. The, the foundation um, that the research team has been putting in place is what um, has kind of allowed us now to really pour fuel on this fire and, and really take off. So, so we're primed to grow and become a, a top chain in this space. Um, and we definitely feel like we're ahead uh, with, with a lot of the ZK research um, that's that's been done. Uh, we're, we're a fairly large team uh, 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 bigger than people think. Um, and we have some of the best cryptographers, best academic researchers, advisors. Um, so I'm extremely bullish. Uh, you know, obviously I'm biased, but, but just looking at the roadmap, looking at, at this strong team, I think, um, Fendora is really going to be, uh, an incredible, uh, project. And I encourage both developers and, 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 you know, regular users just to, spend some time, reach out to us. Uh, always, my DMs are always open, happy to um, dive deeper with you. Um, and if you're a builder, come and build with us. Uh, like Mike said, we have grants and um, we'd love to, to welcome you. Yeah. 
Fantastic. Well, thank you for spending the time this evening or morning on your end, um, you know, to talk, you know, everything kind of Findor. We'll have to have you back on the show in a couple of months uh, or so once kind of things are across the line. Talk about the new developments that you guys have got going on and uh, really kind of, you know, see how things are progressing with you guys. But I think the future's bright. It's definitely something that I think is, is very much needed in this space. So thanks for joining us. And um, yeah, we'll have to do it again. Cheers. Thanks, thanks guys. Thanks. Take Chris care. Stevens. Fantastic. So that was the team from Findora. I hope you enjoyed today's video. If you did, mash up that like button, subscribe if you haven't subscribed already, tap in that bell, selecting all the notifications so you never miss a video. And I will catch you in the next one. Take care.